Most of you have noticed that the scripture readings we use for Palm Sunday for the whole church year uh, circle through a cycle. And so some years on Palm Sunday, we reflect from the standpoint of St. Luke, some years from St. Matthew, some years from St. Mark. Always on Good Friday, we hear the passion from St. John. But I love that each gospel gives us a particular point of view. It's a little bit like those of us who have spent Lent walking and praying the stations of the cross. And from, from various stations, one gets a different point of view of the church, uh, but also of the station, also of the life of faith. If you were listening carefully to the Palm Gospel and then the Passion for today, you noticed a strange thing on this day nicknamed Palm Sunday. There are no palms. Not in Luke. In Luke's version of this entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, the people throw their coats and extra garments on the road. It's Matthew and Mark who say people spread garments and leafy branches on the road. And it's John who specifies that they were palm branches. Like the people of that festival day so long ago in Jerusalem, we wave our branches, our palms in excitement. We wave them in remembrance We wave them in praise of the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We hope with those early people that that Jesus is the one. Maybe he's the savior. Maybe he's the guy. He's the one for whom we've waited for so long. He'll fix everything. An early church father suggests we notice another detail in this gospel. Notice that it's not the palms, it's the coats and the garments people put down. Andrew of Crete was an 8th century monk and theologian known especially for his hymns and his sermons. But he says a radical thing. He says, it is ourselves that we must spread under Christ's feet. Not coats or lifeless branches or shoots of trees, matter which wastes away and delights the eye only for a few brief hours. But we have clothed ourselves with Christ's grace, with the whole Christ. For as many of us as were baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. And so let us spread ourselves like coats under his feet. It's a wonderful image. At our 8 o'clock Eucharist and again at our 6 o'clock Eucharist today, when we read uh, the Passion according to St. Luke, we'll do it in parts. And I learned a trick years ago that many churches do, but it's an interesting thing, which is rather than like a lot of churches today who will hear a musical version of the Passion and probably a a handsome uh, baritone or bass will sing the part of Jesus, What we do at 8 o'clock and 6 o'clock is the people, the congregation, say the words of Jesus. It's a strange thing to all of a sudden put on Christ in this situation. To try to imagine what it must have been like to be him. 
The Passion Gospel today offers us many people we might learn from, we might walk with, we might resonate with. Perhaps we're like those, those crowds who stand off at a distance and we don't really want to get too close. Uh, perhaps we're a little bit like Simon of Cyrene who was just pulled in and, and, and put, to, put to work. Maybe we're like some of those characters we meet along the way of the cross. The woman whose name we don't know, but who took the time to stoop and wipe the brow of Christ. Maybe we're like the friends of Christ who didn't know what to do, but didn't want this to happen. The Christian church often has taken one of two points of view with understanding the passion narrative. Um, Sometimes the church has taken the point of view that we too are to blame. It's our fault. There are even those churches that will have a great big cross in front and invite people to hammer nails in as though we too put the nails in Jesus. That's not my piety. It's also not my theology. I don't think many of us have put the nails in Jesus Most of us do the best we can. We try to follow Christ. We try to follow the way of the good. We might fail. We might hurt people here and there. We might absolutely do evil. But it's overstating it and missing the point, I think, to say that we have crucified Jesus. I doubt we really have. The church, unfortunately, has at other times taken John's gospel in English and taken it all too literally where it mentions the Jews are to blame. People have unfortunately decided that means all people of Jewish faith. It certainly does not and did not. It refers to those specific Jewish religious leaders. They might have been any religion's leaders. And so if we were really going to be biblical literalists today, perhaps we might say, if we were using the Gospel of John, that the bishops crucified Jesus, or the church officials Or back in the day when 815 Second Avenue was full of people doing things on behalf of the National Church. We could blame 815 for everything. It's certainly not the Jews. It's any and all of us who, whenever and wherever, can begin to support the institution over the individual. That's who's to blame those who wanted to keep peace, those who wanted to keep the current temple system running smoothly, those who wanted to keep the income going. It's not for nothing that Jesus overturns the temple tables of the money changers the same week that he's put on the cross. He challenges the whole system and the institution. It's those who would defend the system at all costs who are to blame and who still are to be blamed. And so where does that leave us on Palm Sunday, the Sunday of the Passion, as we look ahead into Holy Week? I think we listen especially to the scriptures of the day. We're called to follow Christ. We're called to do like Andrew of Crete said, to to spread ourselves before Christ's feet and to follow him. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that God has come in the form of a human being. God has come in flesh It's the fleshiness, it's the earthiness, it's the humanity of Jesus that's put on trial, that is crucified, that dies, but is reborn again, and that is proclaimed in each one of us. 
It is ourselves we must spread under Christ's feet. What Andrew is suggesting is that we do what we can to allow Christ to be ahead of us and lead us forward. Andrew is suggesting that by lowering ourselves, Christ is raised within us to grow in us, to allow his words to take shape and form in our lives and to allow his work, his ongoing work of life and death and resurrection to wash over us, to overtake us and even to overwhelm us. The liturgies of Holy Week offer us various opportunities to slow down, to set aside the calendar and the endless to-do list. We are invited to put on hold that long list of shoulds. Instead, we're invited to worship, to absorb, to watch, to wait, to pray, to adore so that we might claim the full power of our baptism, that we too have died with Christ, and that through him we too are raised to new life. And so may we spread our lives before Christ, that he may be raised in us, and that we might be raised into the glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.